Welcome to F the Hustle. I'm your host, Kim Doyle. You want a life that is meaningful and exciting. In this podcast, we're going to talk about launching and growing an online business that fits your lifestyle. F the Hustle is all about doing good work, building real relationships, and most importantly, creating a business that supports how you want to live your life. You don't have to sacrifice the quality of your life today to create something that sets your soul on fire. And yes, that includes making a lot of money. So we'll be talking about selling, charging what you're worth, and how earning more means helping more people. My goal is to help you find freedom and create a business on your terms. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of F the Hustle with Kim Doyle. I am your host, Kim Doyle. and I'm really excited today because I swear to God, come on, I feel like my good friend, come on, and we've known each other like two months or something or three months. But um, this, I feel like it's been a long time coming, but it hasn't. We met a few months ago. My guest is Kavan Chung. Did I say your name correctly? That's correct. Very good. <laughs> okay. I was like, you know, it's funny. I have a tent. I do this. And I'm like, Kim, you need to clarify this before you actually get on the interview. But anyway, um, Kavan and I connected through Twitter and I just kind of fell in love with his content and what he was doing. I signed up for his free email course, which he's going to talk about everything he's doing. And one of the best things that I I just love this is in his follow-up sequence, he said, hit reply and tell me. He said, I reply to every email. And he did. And I just thought, this is friggin' brilliant. I shared what he was doing. It was was just a real fun engagement. And so, come on, thank you for being here today. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Kim, for having me here. Seriously, I reply to 100% of my email, but sometimes like seven days late, 14 days late. Like today, I was replying emails 14 days late, but late is better than never showing up, right? <laughs> so that's my that's my way of doing things. Oh, absolutely. And you know what's funny? Some people, I obviously love email. I do so much with email. Um, I, I still, it's kind of my, I don't want to say preferred choice of communication, but I like to get into conversations with people. I think it's it's fantastic. So, all right. We're going to talk about everything. I love starting with the backstory, and you do this full time now. You're a full time creator, and I should we should clarify for people. So, our time zones are a little bit off. It's eight o'clock in Costa Rica. Where are you, and what time is it for you right now? Well, I am based in Hong Kong. It's ten p.m. over here. But if you ask me, I am living in my computer right now <laughs> because most <laughs> of my friends are actually online. I I just feel more connected to people like you who we're doing similar things, we're, we're passionate about what we do, and it's hard to find it locally, honestly. Oh, you know, it's crazy. I was, I'm from Northern California, San Francisco Bay Area, and I was out in the suburbs. So it was very, it felt very difficult for a long time. Like, nobody gets what I do. Nobody understands this. <laughs> I guess we um, all feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm a big believer. Online friends are friends. So... How long, I'd love to hear your backstory. Like I said, what got you into doing this? You know, a lot of people, you know, maybe it's just a desire, quit a job, whatever. But how did you start your online journey? What were you doing before? So, you know, the kind of life-changing point for that is 20 months ago, I felt like a nobody. And I will tell you why. Because I have been in startups all my career for, you know, nine years before 2020. So, I worked so hard for the startups I work in or the startups I co-created. So the last one, I was the CEO and co-founder. 
But then, for some reason, like the growth is not there, and I feel like I shouldn't burn more of my investor money. So at the end of 2020, I walked away, and then suddenly I was like, "Oh my god, what should I do next?" I felt like a nobody because I pour everything into the company, and if you Google Kavon Chang, there's nothing. So I felt pretty bad about that, and then I was like, "Hmm, this time around, I think I failed enough, and maybe it's time to do something under my name." And then I got to know about creating online, writing online, and then my journey started there. So it was pretty wild. Well, it is. And so let me tell you, with the startups, do you want to talk about that? Was it in it, like a technology software company? What were you? What were your startups? The last one was a SaaS company. Yeah,、mm-hmm. but、uh, I worked on it for about eighteen months. But you know, I came back to think that the biggest problem is that I never understood. The customers, because I was always in a rush, and I'll, I'll tell the people who are listening to this, I had a bunch of funding, and I think that really spoiled me because I just have a huge team that I need to manage, and then we also spend on marketing, so we're not really understanding what we're doing, but we just starting to do it, and、mm-hmm. that was not good. So I decided to pull the plug. Yeah. Well, good for you. I mean, that's that had to have been a big decision too. After getting funding and hiring people, I can't imagine that that was an easy decision to make. It is. It is not easy at all. But I know,、um, as an entrepreneur, right? You you just have to do things like that because there's opportunity costs. The the more you go on, the more money you're burning, and it's not good for anyone. So,、um, I don't know. I I'm just <laughs> kind of. I didn't overthink it. I just pulled a plug, basically. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, I, I, that's kind of how I operate too. I tend to be like, just no. I make a decision and I move forward. I'm like, Let, let's just do this. And especially when it's time for something to end and something else to begin, it's like, why pull, why drag that out? And not everyone has a comfort level with making decisions. But I'm definitely like, you know, burn the boats. Like it's、oh, yeah. time. You know, I mean, I moved to Costa Rica. I had never been here. I was like, I'm gonna do it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? I did that to my relationships too. If、uh, if, if I sense that it's not working out or we don't have a future, she's not gonna be my wife. I just, you know, end it there. And then, you know, I met my wife like six months after I ended the last one, and then I fall in love with her right away. And the second, I think it was the second date, I knew she's gonna be my wife. So if you don't end stuff, new stuff is not going to happen. That's my belief. It, it totally is, and it's trusting that process, right?、Um, okay, so you make this decision, you pull the plug on the SaaS. What did you jump right into the sort of creator world, or did you start? I don't know. You know, maybe digging around and looking at it. And how did you fall into this space? Okay, so. I didn't know such thing as creator. You know, I was taking a break. I was like, "Oh, my daughter is arriving in two months." At that point, <laughs> so it's my first child. So maybe I should take a break and be with my wife a little bit more. And by the way, your daughter is darling. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I think I talk about her too much online. No, <laughs> some people、yeah. might be turned off by that. But anyway,、um, I was just like. Exploring new territory, and I'm the type that when I take breaks, it's not really break. I'm like, 
learning and figuring things out. So at that point, I knew that people talk about online writing. Like I saw some blogs, people say、um, they write. Uh, openly about their journey, and then they started creating courses, and then they work on a company. They get funding, like all kind of stuff started to happen when you start writing and put yourself out there. So I was intrigued by that, and I just told myself, "Hey, for the next eight weeks, let me just write one article on my personal blog that no one ever visits, <laughs> but let me also try my best to distribute it." Uh, in forums, I have a Twitter account with like no followers, but let me start making some Twitter friends, and I did that for eight weeks. So it was just an exploration stage. I didn't know I would be going in this full time,、um, but you know things start to happen. Like、uh, people start to gather around me. I'm starting to making friends, and I think the biggest turning point was that I decided. Individual blog posts is not gonna cut it. Like thirty readers for each blog post is not gonna build a business. Yeah. So that at that point I was like, Kavan, stop writing individual blog posts about random topics. Let's create a killer piece of content that people love it and they will share it for you. So that was my first project online, which is the Building Public Guide, free nine chapters, and it took me two months to write it, but. Once I launch it, two thousand people read it in the first three days, and the rest is history.、Wow. I just basically follow these people who get around me, and I just solve problems for them. So that was that was it was crazy. I, I was a little lucky too to have that kind of outcome. Yeah, but at the same time, with the amount of work you put into it, I, I you know it's funny. A lot of people will say, "Well, how long does it take you to do a podcast?" I'm like, "I can spend a whole day writing and recording like a solo show." Um, but to take two plus months to write that type of how many words is your、um, building public post? Okay, funny thing is just ten thousand words. It's not even long. But the thing is, it's my first time writing like a long form thing. It's my first、mm-hmm. time thinking about how to distribute or do everything by myself. And I was talking about building in public, right? So. I feel like I just had to build this project in public. Otherwise, why would people trust me for that topic? So I took my time and I, you know, I keep sharing the updates. And in that two months, I gather people around me and say, "Oh, this is exciting! I want to follow you for the journey." And I also did two rounds of beta reading where I ask, "Hey,、uh, by the way, part one is done. Is anyone interested in reading?" And I was like. Expecting nothing because I only have such a small following, but suddenly, like eight or nine people would raise their hand each round, and they actually read the whole thing, spending like thirty to sixty minutes, and giving me really good feedback. So I, I actually understand to take it slow. It actually create more trust with the people around you, and then when I launch it, guess what? I just reach out to these people who helped me along the way and say,、mm-hmm. "Hey, I launched it. By the way,、um, would you like to help me reshare it?" So because they see that I'm very committed and serious, because I keep sharing、mm-hmm. the process, they are so willing to help, and that was the reason why it blew up. It it didn't blow up because I was a genius or anything. It was just like slow and committed work. Well, and you built 
you had sort of this pre-launch team, right? Essentially, because of how you were building it in public and the trust you established. And I think there's a piece there. Are you familiar with Ramit Sethi? Not really. You can tell me about it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll be, I'll be quick. Um, he, he's a big blogger. He, I, he wrote the book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, which is really a finance book, but he's got a huge company, digital marketing products and whatnot. And so I'm on his list. He, he's great. He's worth following. And they had sent out an email once about launches. And I probably told this story on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. And so they said, what do you like? What do you dislike about the launches in the internet marketing space? And so I replied and I just sort of said, you know, I said, I'm, they feel tired. I understand that for people who are not in this space, it might seem like a new process, but I can see a launch coming 10 ways sideways now. And so I said, it just feels tired. I think there's got to be a better way to do this. And they emailed me back and they said, we're building a launch course. Would you be interested in giving us feedback? We'll send you a module. And so I did that for like the first module. There was Google Doc and I just, I kind of went through it. But let me say that then a year plus later when they launched Breakthrough Launch, I bought it because I knew oh my gosh, they've been working on this for a year and a half and they've done this, this deep dive and they're talking to customers and they're really analyzing the content and they're, they're figuring this out. So, and I, I didn't even need it at the time, but I'm like, I'm going to buy this right now and I'll have it when I'm ready, which I did. It's, I love, he's really big into psychological triggers and stuff behind writing. But that's exactly what you're saying, right? So people see and witness the effort and the energy that goes into what you're creating. And then it's like they're championing you to win with it. Oh, totally. Just, just today, someone said to me, hey, Kavan, I bought your book, the ebook, uh, my new book, Find Joy in Chaos, which is all about Twitter presence. And then I was like, um, by the way, do you read physical book? Like the paperback is coming. Um, what do you think? And then he was like, I actually only read physical book and I bought the ebook just to support you. And I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I saw, cause I think I saw a tweet where you filed for your ISBN number Yeah, for the yeah, book. Yeah. Okay. And so I was like, well, now I got to get the physical book, which it'll get shipped to like my daughter's house in the States, but because I want to support you, same thing. Right. Yeah. And that way I'm a verified purchaser on Amazon and can leave you a review. So that that's how this works, and that's that's what I love about it. So you know, okay, the so funny you're thinking. I want to share mm -hmm. one like funny story. Please, uh, yeah. The first six months in my creator journey, I didn't make one dollar because I was quite um, intentional about my approach. I knew the internet is about credibility, and it's about you know just just get more and more, and then monetize. So I didn't even cross my mind until six months later. But when I launched my first paid community, it was just five bucks per month. And then people would sign up and pay me five bucks just to support me. I feel really bad. <laughs> I, I feel like a, a robber or something taking money for no reason because I have this value exchange in my mind that I'm an entrepreneur. Like if you pay me five bucks, I need to deliver something. And that didn't feel good. But now, like 20 months in, I'm like totally okay, people supporting me. <laughs> well, and, and, but that's, don't you think that is sort of, I mean, obviously Eastern culture is a little different than Western culture, but there is still, I mean, across the board, when you have a job, you have to do work to get money. You know, it's, it's such a different mentality to shift into, although as a startup founder, entrepreneurial mode where 
there's a lot of reframing of thoughts and behaviors that have to happen in order to grow and succeed online, don't you think? I think so. And I think um, the supportive culture is especially obvious in creators' economy. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why, maybe because the price point of the products are lower and also because, you know, we need each other to grow together. So it's mm-hmm. just more obvious. But in reality, you don't see someone buying a banana for the person lining up behind them, right? So, um, yeah, <laughs> let's just leave it that way. Well, no, but I just, I just think it is, I, my point was in getting comfortable with people supporting and buying. It's, it's a different level of exchange of the value yeah. exchange and exchange versus doing work and getting a paycheck. To, oh, that's, to a that's degree, so true. So. I think we all have to take time to learn that. Mm-hmm. We have to unlearn a lot of things, right? <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so your first, your post, I love that. I love that your actual, because now you've got a cohort, which we'll talk about the build and public cohort, but I love that it all stemmed from an original blog post. And, you know, a lot of marketers that I really like and follow, they always talk about that, you know, so you got massive validation for this idea, you demonstrated it, and then you can go deeper with it as you go on. Um, but one at your, so what brought me into your world was, your lead magnet, and why don't I have the name in front of me? But so it's your free make Twitter friends, making right? Twitter that, friends. That's right. Making Twitter friends. Okay, I was like, wow, way to be a good interview again. <laughs> so making Twitter friends. When did that come along for you in this process? So that was my second project. So you know, my first project was a nine chapter guide on the website. So it was good for SEO. I want to make it. Um, public no no email that you need to put in because it's my first piece of work i don't want to block people from getting it so but that was a success then i started thinking okay now i really need to get some emails because that that's the only way to keep the communication going with these people so i was just looking around me about my own twitter approach and it's quite different from all the gurus out there who's like do this and do that. <laughs> I just don't like mm-hmm. it. So it was a pretty simple concept. I just want to summarize what I know and put it together as a free email course and also give it to people for free. But this time, take their emails. And mm-hmm. that was a huge success as well. Like uh, People keep recommending it to their friends. And then I got 2,000 students in the first year without mm-hmm. doing active marketing. Um, but yeah, these two products really helped me kind of put myself out there, uh, get my name heard a little bit more than just a nobody. Um, but yeah. Well, I, I love that you did that. And there was, I, I'm going to point something out here. So I'm get, you had probably, I'm guessing, um, a little bit of a cushion. So you had the space to financially give yourself and say, I'm going to give myself time to do this and figure out, right? What would you recommend maybe to somebody who is still in the nine to five or doesn't have a runway necessarily to, and I'm just guessing because you, when you left the startup, you didn't go get a job in between or anything, right? You know, and so, but any advice or recommendations to somebody who is hearing this, because I'll tell you, come on, like I've been doing this like 14 and a half years. It was a very (laughs) different space in 2008. And I think people think it's too crowded or it's, oh, and I can't make, I can't be heard or I can't connect. And I'm always thinking there are billions of people on the planet. You do not have to go after a guru's audience, like just connect. 
What advice would you give to somebody, though, who is starting in this greater journey? <coughs> that, that, that was a brilliant question because I, I do have some safety net right now because I was paid really mm-hmm. well before. Um, and I think I chose to go all in because I had failed a lot of times previously. Like I had tried to be a creator in 2018. I started a YouTube channel. I made one video a week and it was a failure because I focused on parenting and raising a kid when I wasn't even married and have a kid. <laughs> so that was funny. Like I, I walk into like stupid yeah. dead ends like that. But that's exactly why this time around I did it differently. And I also, you know, co-founded startup before and some failed, some went okay. But because of that, I went all in. But for someone like if you haven't started anything and you still have a nine to six, I wouldn't recommend going all in because it takes a long, long time. And it is not something you can control. It's not like you you write more articles or build more free lead magnets and things will be successful right away. It's not like things need time to be brewed and then they will start to form and relationship and you know we're in the business of people teaching and sharing with people they need time to believe in you as well like it's not going to be a one-night thing i can tell you the numbers when i look at the students of my cohort-based course almost all of them have been following me for three to six months at least so you know how long it takes but basically back to your question i would recommend someone to you know, get a Twitter account, um, figure out the area that you want to explore. Like you don't need absolute mm-hmm. clarity, but at least you need to know, oh, I want to serve writers. I want to serve entrepreneurs or I want to serve like people who write uh, newsletter. You need to be clear about where to start and just make friends and then talk to them, observe around. And I would say, just like me, you know, build some free stuff and put it out there. If something hit, you will know. <laughs> when it when it have traction, that's the time when you spend more time on it. But um but yeah, don't don't quit your job yet. <laughs> well, especially I always tell people I'm like, it's hard to be creative when you've got money stress in your life. It's it's it so do whatever you need to do to sort of get that money monkey off your back. And, and then decide the other thing that happens too, is I think when you have some sort of cushion or you're not expecting, you know, you're not expecting things to hit immediately because it is, you'll see big numbers. You see somebody did, you know, I bought a, um, I've invested, I should say a lot into a high-end coaching program about developing a different program for myself and they were sharing, you know, gosh, I want to say February and March, this company did like 800,000 in sales in two months. She's been in business a long time. She's got a team. She's got established processes. They invest in paid traffic. They analyze, they look at stuff. And so you hear that and you, you don't get to see it's that old iceberg image, right? You don't see what's below the water, so to speak. And the other piece to that, I'd love your thoughts on this is people, things won't hit. And then people decide, well, this isn't going to work. And then they jump ship again and, and they try something else. I'm like, you got to keep nurturing it. You got to keep like meaning, you know, I know people that I'm going to do this site or I'm going to do this project. 
They do it, nothing happens. And nothing usually happens because they don't have an audience. People get very caught up in the, prod- the product, the website, the stuff. I'm blind, but if you don't have anyone to sell it to, <laughs> it doesn't matter how good it is. Um, you know, so it's, it's, you know, there's, there's, I honestly believe that mindset plays uh, the biggest game in being able to do this long term. Oh, Kim, I absolutely agree with you. I have this tweet I put out maybe a few months ago. I was talking about, you know, I was ordering Thai food with my wife the other day. And when we think about Thai food, we have to go to. So we just put up the, open the app and order it. And I was thinking about what that means to our digital products. These Thai restaurant has been there for a long time and I have good experience for the first time and I expect them to be there when I need Thai food. So when I look at my building public course, a lot of these course creator, they would tell me, Hey, Kevon, I only have six people in my first cohort. I'm going to ditch it. I'm going to try something else. I, I also had like six people in my first cohort, but my goal is to make my course expected for anyone who wants mm-hmm. to build in public. And that takes take, that take a long time. But if you're always doing the same thing, all these people who are following you, they, they at least have that restaurant to go to. Otherwise, they go to a different Thai restaurant. So if anything, don't chop it off. Keep doing it. You can remain in small scale, right? You don't have to grow it super big. But just keep it like 10 cohort and figure out how you can, you know, spread out your capacity in a different way to make sense for that revenue number. But just keep running it over years and years. Because I heard that um, all these like David Perel, Tiago Forte, I heard that the success really comes in like many, many years later. I, I don't have the numbers. But mm-hmm. if you ask me, that's my philosophy. Thai restaurant. the Thai restaurant framework well which I have to share with you this morning I I saw um, all the food in this area is great I'm in Guanacaste the northern pacific side of Costa Rica and there's one restaurant around the corner it's called Petrero Grill I'm heartbroken I just got a message that they're closing because the property owner sold the property and I'm like (gasps) like I, I literally would order this chicken parmesan sandwich once a week I call them and they're like hi Kim and so like it is. I'm like, oh no, where's going to be like my little treat, my go-to for myself? Anyway, we don't need to talk about food. It's too early for me. So um, I want to talk then about build in public. So this is now, was this the cohort that you just ran? What what uh, version, what number was that? Uh, that you just well, ran? I call it uh, build in public mastery cohort four. Yeah, okay. we just finished okay. cohort four, but essentially it's cohort six because I ran a different format before, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I, you know, I keep leveling it up. It it looks very different every cohort I run. Well, that's fantastic. That's kind of where you know. I mean, like I said, I've done this a long time. I've done courses and stuff, and then the hit send cohort that I just did. I don't know if you've seen my emails about the cluster with the platforms and all this stuff, but <clears throat> the longer you do this, it's like it's tech. What are you going to do? And you just communicate and move on. But I, what I love about the cohort is, you know, when this, when cohort training started coming out, I want to say within the last couple of years, it really started blowing up. 
because we had gone to such an extreme in the internet marketing space of high ticket courses only, right? And that creators want to create them and then they're hands off and you might get a little access to the creator, you know, once a month if you're lucky or something or in a Facebook group. Um, this is, I, I feel a shift happening in this space that people, there's a connection and there's a community that's happening and there's a different level of trust when the creator is there to support their community going through it. That doesn't mean you can't do high ticket and be a little hands-off or have passive courses, <clears throat> but I think it instills a different level of trust. So um, the Ship 30 guys, I love it because they say we're in a perpetual beta, which is kind of, I love thinking about it. It sounds like you're sort of doing that as well. So do you want to share a little bit about the Build and Public Mastery cohort, what it is, and any successes that you can share from some of your students? Yeah, so, okay, I still remember the first time. Sorry, that was like five was, questions at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know where to start. <laughs> yeah. But basically, basically, um, the first time I ran Building Public, right, I thought it was easy. Hey, just share your work, share the ups and downs. How hard can that be? So I didn't really know how to teach it, honestly, other than my free guide, which is everything I know already. Um, but then... When I get cohorts after cohorts of students, I realize that learning is not about just consuming content. Learning is about you designing some mini exercises, sometimes irrelevant from the topic, sometimes relevant, sometimes group, sometimes solo, to get them to realize the, the, that lesson in that topic you're teaching. So I didn't know that at first, but after like, I think maybe three cohorts, I attended a Maven course accelerator. That's when I mm -hmm. really level up as a, as a course instructor. I finally got how to teach people. So now I break everything down into six different modules. So it started with like, how do you overcome your fear? How do you be vulnerable? And we do exercise to practice that. And then. Uh, we talk about how to capture your stories, like uh, you, a Thai restaurant. How can that connect to building public? Right? It would everything is fun... content, exactly. But that story is what hooks people in. So how can you talk about that? And how do you share your work? Uh, how do you document your work? The surprising thing is that people actually have no idea, even though it seems obvious. So as a course creator or instructor, we just need to lay everything out for them. If they know it, they would skip it anyway. But you just need to assume that they don't. But at the same time, don't overwhelm them. So I think I learned a lot. And then now the course is really good. You know, the last cohort we wrapped up, uh, everyone leave the NPS score of 10. And I was like, holy shit. Is it, is it, is it really? Because the last cohort, I had some nines and 10, uh, sorry, I have some eights and nines. So obviously it's still not like there, but this time it's like all tens. And I think, well, partly because I upgraded a course, but partly because of what you said, the community, I think mm -hmm. the right people was brought together, which is like mm -hmm. so supportive. So they, they just feel great. Like they know how to go forward with this. So most of the people uh, before they took the course is like not confident, scared to share, scared of judgment. But then afterwards they would be like, oh, you know what? 
everything is content. Everything is building in public. <laughs> I can share it yeah. now. And how many likes or replies? I don't care. So, yeah. At the end of the day, I think the community is the most important thing in online courses now. Yeah, I totally. And I have to say, so because I was in that cohort, my life, as you know, is a little squirrely. I think I'm. I don't have any visitors on the books for the remainder of the year. We'll see how that goes. Um, and I was in awe of even the fact that I wasn't able to participate a whole lot, but it was such an inclusive community, how people are still tagging me, including me in conversations. And I've connected with some people off outside of the group and it, it really is. And that comes from how you foster that come on. And it's, I mean, you set the tone and for the engagement and the communication at the same time, there are times where you're just going to get a group of people, you know, that, okay, this one didn't hit the same way. And so, you know, you never know, but to your point, I think as soon as you sell one thing online, if you're hooked, you're hooked. Like nothing beats that notification of payment. And when you're off doing something else and you put something else, I, I, I don't care. The first thing I did, it was like $24. And I was like, oh my God, this, this works. <gasps> I'm like, you know, and, and so it triggers if, if you're an entrepreneur, really, I think it, it gets you excited about figuring that piece out. So how frequently are you doing the cohort for Build and Public Mastery and when is the next one? So and I'll link to everything in the show notes too. Yeah. So the thing is, you know, my audience is mostly in America and some in mm-hmm. Europe. So I'm sitting in Hong Kong. So I run my cohort at my 11 p.m. or if there's daylight saving, midnight. And, you know, I have a, <laughs> I have a baby. I, I need my sleep. So I cannot do it all the time. Um, even though it's my biggest revenue generating product at, at of this moment. So I only run it three times a year. Um, I guess maybe that makes it good and exclusive. I don't know, but it's more my personal health. <laughs> so the next yes. one is actually October, like three months later, um, to kind of wrap up the year. I did two this year and then October will be the next one. And it's well, only three weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's not super long. And the other thing um, that I think is invaluable <clears throat> is a little bit of time. So besides the mental, and I get that, I'm, I'm very much a, I like my white space. And I'm at a point like my kids are growing and out of the house and everything. And I'm like, nobody demands my time, but the dogs once in a while, and I still need space. And but to be able to digest what worked, what didn't, right, is to really kind of process the feedback from students. So having that window in between it's good for you mentally. It's good for the course. It's good for, I think it's fantastic. That That's exciting. So, um, so I will have the links. Is there a waiting list that people can get on? Right yeah. Now? Yeah. They can put down their emails and they will get updates. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is also like how I run the course, because I've heard a lot of things about different courses out there. Like some of the courses are just like the course creator, just talk three times a week. It's all lectures but though I don't like that kind of learning experience. I want to make sure that all my students are getting individual feedback and, you know, I create some exercise for them to do it as a group. And then I also check out their tweets to make sure I can give some, you know, advice on formats or anything. So that's a lot of energy going in uh, as opposed to someone just giving lectures. So it's Mm -hmm. also dependent on how you want to run your course. Uh, I might do it this way, but you don't have to do it this way. But 
I think this is the this is the way to go. You need to care for your students. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and again, like I I like I like both modes of learning. I like being able to passively learn at the same time. That type of feedback and that type of engagement, or to be able to ask questions as you're doing something, especially a build in public, um, it's invaluable. And that's what also I think that's what's going to shift the or is is what creates the price point as the course gets better and better and better. Of course, you're going to be able to charge a little bit more and more and more. And because you're giving of your time, you're giving of your time. And, yeah. you know, there's a whole different uh, ballpark. But I do think that people see the value in that. So, um, okay, good. That's Command October. I'll link to that for the wait list. Let's talk about Finding Joy and Ca- Find Joy and Chaos, your book. Holy moly, which is phenomenal. And I am going to get the physical book. I won't be able to take a picture holding the book, though, until I'm back in the States. But, um, <laughs> well, yeah. First of all, when is it going to be out on Amazon, if you don't mind me asking that? Or do you have an idea? I actually don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm that kind of creator that I don't really have a set date for my launches. Well, other than the courses, which is already set. Uh, mm-hmm. I just... I hold myself very high standard. So if things are not ready, I'm not in a rush to push them out. So right now I'm actually getting my friend to work on the back cover. So he helped me with the front cover and now we're doing the back cover. I think once we finish that, then I I should be able to put on Amazon. I actually am not 100% sure of the process, but hopefully it can be out next month. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. That's good. So it might coincide Either way, I'll have the link to the digital and Amazon, and I'll add that to the podcast. So what was that like? Had you written a book before? What made you decide to write a book? Like, when did that come about? Okay, I've never written a book before, and I never imagined myself to write a book. Because, you know, (laughs) English is my third language. Uh, I mean, I studied in Hong Kong, English school. I went to the state for school, but I'm never really good at it. If I'm being really open with you, I took the SAT. I got 390 out of 800 in the, I don't know, critical reading or something. So I'm mm-hmm. clearly really bad <laughs> in English. But the funny thing is like, once I started writing content and creating online, I realized I'm at an advantage because of my dumbed down plain English. <laughs> People actually find it like, oh my God, Kavan's writing is so easy to understand. So anyway, uh, back to... like the Hemingway app in real life. Have you seen that Hemingway app? (laughs) Yeah, they grade you for like fifth grade or third grade. I'm probably like kindergarten, but uh, people like it. People don't like jargons and fancy words. Um, So I never imagined myself writing a book. But the reason to do it, um, I think it comes down to two things. One thing is I love helping people. Whether you pay me or not, I'm going to help you anyway. And I feel like I answer the same questions over and over again about Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. So building in public is not just about Twitter, but because I'm most active on Twitter. So it's that way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a book is the best way to structure the information in a step-by-step process mm-hmm. and give it to people at a very affordable price. So mm-hmm. a book is like a, a good book to me is not just inspirational, but actually actionable 
and you can、mm-hmm. read it fast. So that's the aim of my goal, and I I think I achieve it because a lot of people tell me, oh, I'm 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 rereading it, I'm implementing before I read the next chapter. So I think that's great. So that's point number one. But point number two is, you know, I actually just released a YouTube video about this. As a digital creator, sometimes I'm a bit not satisfied that everything I create is intangible. <laughs> like, oh, in、mm-hmm. real world, no one knows me. I, I feel sucky about that. So, a book, if it's not an ebook, if I create a legit book with a paperback, I feel like I can kind of make sense of all this, and also people would see more credibility in this person because there are tons of ebooks online. But if you have a paperback, I think it's a different level. So that was kind of my take on the book as well. And it took me a total of ten months to to write the book,、um, but I actually took a pause for four months. So it was like more like six months kind of work.、Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so yeah, it hopefully、is. it will keep going for years. I don't know if Twitter changes their direction. Maybe my book will get destroyed. But anyway, I don't care too <laughs> much about that. Or you do a、that. version two. If if you feel inspired, right? There's always something else to do with that,、um, and you know what's fun is, I, I mean, I've been on Twitter since 2008, and I'm I'm so much more I'm hardwired for the long form content, very very easy, and and it was funny. So it's like I built up an audience, and I don't know much of my story. I was the WordPress chick for like 10 years, and so I had a lot of WordPress people following me, and. <coughs> It was my friend Jason Resnick. I'm not sure if you're familiar. We're doing a newsletter called Deliver It. Yeah. Right.、Mm-hmm. And so, Jason, we started working on that. Gosh, it'll be maybe two years. It's been a while. And but the whole thing is, he's like, yeah, I'm getting a lot of traffic from Twitter. And I was like, really? I mean, it, it just, I'm stunned at the traffic from Twitter. And I know I already have an audience there, and I'm not as active as I want to be and will be. But I've just kind of gotten back into it. And honestly, Kavon, like how you show up is is was inspiring for me because I don't want to talk at people about here's three email tips here's like I'm just it's like pontification sometimes makes me cuckoo and I use my own language and I'm animated I'm like I have to just be me I have to be me I have to do things the way I do them I have to talk in my own voice I like giving value I like being funny I like sharing from the heart I hopefully resonate you know with people on that level and so. Really, it was watching how you've done things, and having fun with it, and letting go of it. And again, there are billions of people to do business with on the planet. You don't have to go after guru audiences. Just create your own audience. Yeah, I think this let it go <laughs> mindset is so important for anyone to 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 listen to because you have it, I have it. <clears throat>、um, I, I don't know how someone can get trained on that. I don't know. It's really life experiences and years of trying that shape that,、mm-hmm. but but yeah, I feel like、um, I'm in for the long game as you as you can tell from my approach to things.、Um, so <laughs> I I actually don't really care how many likes or replies I get. I think I feel、mm-hmm. better that way. And you don't get burnout if you don't get burnout. You can stick around, and the business will start growing. That. That's just、hustle. how I see it. It's so <laughs>、right. it's so sim- simple, yeah.、Mm-hmm. After hustle, yes. Well, and I have so much more evidence in my life that when I do things from a place of intention 
and joy. I, I had this saying where I'd say, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. When I live by that mantra, more shows up in my life. Like it, it just, and it starts compounding. It starts compounding. Anytime I've done something because I think I need the money or I'm going to launch this because it'll do X, there's an angsty energy around that. And I think it translates. Um, it's not how I move through the world. And so it's almost, I have enough evidence. It's like, you have to just say F it and like have some fun and, and trust the process and enjoy the journey. So, all right, as we wind down here, what is coming for you, Kavon? Like, I'm so excited to be a part of this journey with you and watch your growth and explosiveness. What, what's on the plans? <laughs> Actually, I, I just did my mid-year break and a review last week. So I have a lot of plans coming up. But all the plans are around like how to optimize whatever I have. Mm-hmm. Because I have a lot of like free stuff, pay stuff already. And I think as creator, we tend to go like, oh, I need to launch a new product. Because when I launch, I make a few more bucks. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just kind of tired of that. And I feel like there's a lot of untapped opportunities in what I do. For example, I'll share with you. Like right now, when I launch, I'm just like sending emails to people following me and say, hey, here's here's the launch and you can get it or not. It's very basic. Like I know I can do more where people get a free thing like lead magnet. And then I ha- I can have like a 27 bucks um, where they get a taste of the value like a paid workshop mm-hmm. and then you bring them to the next step it's more like a journey and you're holding their hand to help them move forward one step at a time mm-hmm. so it's not so much about selling them stuff but more like getting them to go forward and i don't have any of that like all my products as you can see is scattered and i don't link them up at all so okay my plan um do a better job in the next cohort in terms of marketing. Uh, I need to market my book a bit more because I didn't do anything other than telling my audience about it. I need to put it on Amazon and there are a bunch of marketplace I can put it in um, and then optimize the funnel, mm-hmm. the welcome emails, <clears throat> the thank you page and all that. You know, all, all the basics is actually back to the basics. It always comes down to the fundamentals, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it. But it, I, Kim, I, I love that you're you. going back to the plan. Yeah, go ahead, ask away. You know, you know, one of my biggest frustration as a creator is like I have so much stuff, and they mm-hmm. get outdated very fast, and then like, actually, I forgot to update them. Like, how 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 do you do that? Well, it's funny because I had, you know, with 10 years as a WordPress chick, I I did a lot of how to do this and how to do that. And I'm not a developer. I just fell in love with the platform and was ignorant enough to start sharing what I was doing and talking in a language that made sense to people. Um, I've deleted that. Part of that for me has been because the brand, I've shifted the brand to my personal brand. Um, But this is where I think you start looking at the, um, the what, not the how as much. And so... Anybody that teaches tech or anything that has to do with consistent updates and regularity, you're going to have to constantly update things. And so if you come back to the fundamentals, and I focus, my big thing is strategy and mastery. And if you want the how-to, then you can do it in a course, you know, or you give, and I don't mean all the time, like there's simple, look, here's a four-piece framework, blah, blah, blah. But when you come back to helping people create the structure 
and utilizing a framework or templates. You know, somebody I adore on on Twitter too, and Justin Welsh, right? He's amazing with what he's doing, and where he's got a lot of template type things, where it's a framework as opposed to a definitive. This is how to do this with Twitter, and so I, I think. Well, and I I think your book, I think your um, uh, the free the free course, make Twitter friends. So much of that is strategy and framework. And so, to your point of connecting the dots, so this program I'm in, I loved how she explained this. It was we have a champagne client, and ideally, you only have one client. You don't have all these. You have one client. They're different at different places on the continuum, right? So, for you, as an example, you have an ideal client who is committed to growing an audience and using Twitter in that space. So initially, they may be new to Twitter. The next stage, they may be on Twitter. They're kind of finding their voice. They tweet somewhat. The third stage, it's an active platform for them. And they're actually doing outreach and they're driving people to traffic. The fourth stage, maybe on this continuum, could be it is their driving force and now they want to upscale. How do they do like, you know, viral or catapult the growth? And so when you step back and look at it, I mean, there's, there's just no way that you can keep up with everything. And so I think it's simply a matter of revisiting from the SEO perspective, but from revisiting, is this still valid and does this serve my audience? I mean, come on, like I had a YouTube channel a bajillion years ago, right? And there's like 1,600 people following me. So many how to do this with WordPress. Some of those plugins don't exist. They're gone. Did I, you know, and I remember having someone tell me one time, he's like, you need to learn to use this software because you're making me dizzy because I was too quick about it. And I'm like, I don't care. I, you know, the credit goes to the person in the arena and I did it. <laughs> but the point is I want to, as we were talking before, like get back into video and stuff. So now it's, it's stepping back and saying what serves my audience, what doesn't. Some of that stuff may just go into, you know, formerly known as the WordPress chick and drop some of those into a different playlist and just tell a story about why it's still there and my journey. Um, it's, it's, it's what you're doing. It's taking a step back, looking, just like you said, I'm going to get more leverage out of what I've already created. How can I step this up? Um, but it's, there's no way to keep up with all of it, honestly. I mean, I, I shared in a podcast episode uh, just this week that I wrote and published that I'm looking at moving my entire business to ClickFunnels 2.0 when it launches in the fall. And which is funny, I was the WordPress chick. I'm just tired of piecemealing tech, to be honest with you. This platform looks amazing. It's going to do everything. Store, members, just everything. Even if it's three times the cost of the current price, when I get to cut other things out, I'll probably at a wash and I can really master. I've got all my data, all my analytics in there because I want to focus on creating at this point. But that also means moving hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content onto a new platform and looking at there's SEO value because that stuff was indexed years ago, right? And so I have to decide, is this still part of the new brand? I just don't think there's any way to keep up with it, Kavan. And I think it's simply that just being transparent about that. That's why I share my journey. Like when I did that little visual map I shared with you, I'm like, I started here and now (laughs) I'm here and it is what it is. I don't have people you know, commenting or asking questions about any of the WordPress content. I did delete a ton of it from my Mm. site Mm. prior to, um, I mean, there was a time where I ranked, I was the number one post for WordPress website packages, which if I had known more about SEO at the time and was still doing what that, I should have sold that URL or something. I don't know, but I I don't know. I, I tend to do the let it go attitude a little bit and then go, what can I do? 
What can I do? And what matters most, right? Because at the end of the day, when it comes to marketing, where am I going to get more leverage? <clears throat> I will tell you this, some of the content that has done better for me than anything else has nothing to do with SEO. I shared a post when um, it was the anniversary of my husband's passing, and it had been like 14 years. This was a, long, a while ago. And it wasn't the first thing on my mind when I woke up. And I was so grateful to be on the other side of the grief that I sent an email out on a Sunday. I got like 30 replies from people who I've always shared that piece of my story. And then I'm like, I'm going to share this as a blog post too. Same thing. One of my highest traffic posts, most commented, most shared. The other one was, it's official. I'm moving to Costa Rica. Neither of those pieces of content have anything to do with SEO or my business, but there's a human connection there. And so that's where I come back to everything is content. I literally, I just, I don't sweat the small stuff. You want to do the best you can keep up with it as, as, and you have, you know, a couple years into this journey. So hopefully it won't be too, you know, tedious, but I think people that are in this space understand, you know, Twitter's going to change. Elon's going to buy it. He's not, whatever. Uh, you know, stuff is going to happen like that. Just keep moving forward. Cause I mean, most people want the new stuff anyways, to be honest with you, unless you're real strategy is SEO first and foremost. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, you certainly did. And what I love most about your writing is the life stories. Like I feel like I'm just like <laughs> living your life and I it actually influenced me to to add more of that to my newsletter too. So thank you for Good. the answer and thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. And I will I just to share this too is that, you know, I didn't do that until I started podcasting, right? So I started the podcast in 2013. I'd been online for five years. And I, I've i always been like an audiophile, I guess, where, I mean, I used to listen to books in, on tape in the car when I used to commute for work. And so I just wanted to have more fun. I had zero expectations of the podcast, and I did a solo show and an interview. And because of how I talk, I get all over the place. I knew I needed to write the post out first. I don't read it, but I knew in order to keep my thoughts cohesive. And I sort of fell in love with the storytelling piece. And then even with email marketing, I watched someone else do it for a year with a story-based emails where you kind of pivot to a call to action. And I just committed to doing it. It was a commitment to myself. I'm like, look, every day, and I did, I call them almost daily emails because I didn't do it on the weekends. But I, I just practiced telling a story and pivoting, and I knew people would unsubscribe. But within three months, I started getting tons of replies. People were liking the stories, and I'm like, this shit works. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then when you have that evidence, it's like it inspires you. Yeah, totally. You talk about having fun. Can I share a story before we wrap up? So I would love it. Yeah, my book is Find Joy in Chaos, right? So obviously, I'm having fun doing what I do. You are having fun doing what you do, and. The story I want to tell is like how I discover having fun drives everything else. You know, when I was like 17, 18 years old, I would go to nightclubs with my guy friends. So it's like 10 guys going into the club. And then we would be like, oh my God, how do we get girls to talk to us? And we would try so hard. Like I would go up to them and be super awkward and then they would walk away. <laughs> so fast forward, like maybe two, three years later, I hang out with a different group of friends and we were just having a lot of fun, um, drinking, dancing, doing stupid things. And suddenly the girls just come join us because we were having so much fun. And that stick to me because, you know, sometimes you don't need to try to attract people. Just, just 
get the passion out of yourself, get the joy out of yourself, and people just kind of get your magnet and start moving towards you. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I love the whole thing. First of all, I'm like, all right, Kavan, there's a framework for you, right? The, the, the nightclub analogy framework, like you've got something there. And, but I'm a big believer that everything is energy. And when you, you know, to your point, when you exude energy and kindness and fun and joy, you're approachable. There's a totally different, you become relatable. And so I remember a friend uh, did an interview with me in one time and he's like, God, you share you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm like, it's, that's how I learn. And it's funny because I do that in business. I'm, I baby step my way into what is relevant to share on a personal level because there is a difference between personal and private. But people all of a sudden, there's, there's that connection of, oh, I'm not in and alone. And the, the nightclub thing, girls are probably like, okay, these guys aren't threatening. I'm not going to get hit on. They're fu-. like, you know, anyways, so I love the story and I'm totally glad you shared it. Come on. I feel like I could talk to you all day. I know it's super late for you. Thank you so much. I am so happy we connected. I'm excited to support you, continue to supporting you. Um, I love everything you're doing and I just, I appreciate you. I appreciate how you show up in the world. Thank you, Kim. So I hope my wife doesn't listen to this episode because of the nightclub story. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. I think it would endear her more. I think she would say, and that's why I fell in love with you. You know, that you were uh, honest about being awkward and then decided just to have fun. I think it's a Let's great hope story. so. Thank you so much <laughs> yeah. for having me. All right, everybody, you know the drill. Hang on, I'll, re- I'll reiterate the links. All of them will be in the show notes and we'll catch you next time. How fun was that? I love Gabon. That was great. And... I will put all the links in the show notes to everything, but I want to invite you, depending on when you get this, to a live workshop that I am doing with Kavan. He is obviously presenting the workshop. I'm hosting it with him, co-hosting. It is a build-in public workshop for F the Hustlers. I love that he used that language. Um, And it is August 22nd. So hopefully this is, you know, coming in enough time. And if not... I will coordinate with Kavon to make sure that we have um, a redirect to a replay to register for this live training with him, which won't be live, but a replay. <laughs> Anyways, you can go to kimdoyle.com forward slash build in public. Pretty easy. Just one word, build in public. kimdoyle.com forward slash build in public to register for the live workshop with Kavon. As always, guys, thanks so much for listening. Have you signed up for F the Hustle yet? If not, now's the time. F the Hustle is a newsletter for vision-led entrepreneurs ready to ditch the hustle, grow a profitable business, and enjoy the journey. Just go to kimdoyle.com forward slash F the Hustle to sign up today.